There is an ETF party going on in the United States, and apparently everyone is invited. As predicted, once BlackRock put in their application, the crowd is joining and piling in. Invesco, Bitwise, Wisdom Tree, uh, me, your cousin, his dentist, your sister's baby cousin, Tracy. Everybody is going to file for an ETF because everybody thinks it's happening now with BlackRock. What that means for Gary Gensler? Uh, I don't know, man, but we're going to find out. Also, Bitcoin, obviously, 27K all day, 28K all day, 29K all day, continuing to go up. And it is not, as some will tell you, being led by a short squeeze in liquidations. This is the real deal being led by Spot. I'm going to show you why. Also going to be joined later by Christopher Inks, a.k.a. Texas West Capital, and Charlie Burton to talk about the best trades to take in this market. Don't miss it. Let's go. Let's go. What is up, everybody? I'm Scott Melker, also known as the Wolf of All Streets. Before we get started, please subscribe to the channel and smack the like button with the back of your hand. Smack it. Smack that all on the floor. Smack that till you get sore. What was Akon's lyrics? Oh, smack that all on the floor. You guys know the song. Anyways. Anyways, yeah, guys, I'm a little late. Was dealing with some things for Crypto Town Hall. A lot of people doing a lot of things over there. A lot of coordination happening. That's just the way it is. But man, what an experience being a part of that Crypto Town Hall on Twitter spaces has been. Hope that all of you are having a wonderful day. It's Wednesday, right? My kid thought it was Friday. One of my kids thought it was Tuesday. It's been that kind of week. But man, guys, look at that. Those are the crypto bubbles, and they are all green. Every single one, except for, what's this? PaxG. That's cool. XAUT, don't know what you are. TUSD, apparently stable, corner down, Frax. Everything else here, Gemini USD. Everything else here, super, super, extra, awesome, looking, massively green. Massively green. And if any of you have been following along, I've basically just said one thing over and over again, 25,212, 25,212, 25,212. Like a mantra, repeating it in the newsletter, on YouTube, on Twitter. I'm not saying I'm some God-tier trader. I have any other information, and these things miss all the time. But yeah, I used to come on here, and we used to chart like crazy and degen and trade live, and then I would go in the newsletter and share 47 altcoins. But right now is the time to get the fuck out of the way of Bitcoin and just ride the wave, dude. Ride the Bitcoin wave. You know? You can use Bitcoin dominance if that's your thing. Much ado about, to, uh, about nothing there. A lot of arguments. But I think it's pretty obvious. Bitcoin is wrecking your alts, and we are in that part of the cycle right now. Could be ending pretty soon. In that part of the cycle right now where you uh, go, wow, my uh, portfolio looks pretty good. I'm up in USD. And then you flip over to the Bitcoin balance and you're absolutely wrecked and destroyed because Bitcoin is just plowing your alts, doing things to them illegal in every United States state. I said states twice, other than Alabama, maybe Mississippi, occasionally in Louisiana. And I heard once in Arizona. Right. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. But why is all this happening, guys? What is it? What's going on? It's obviously the BlackRock ETF, guys, right? And we had 
arguably the worst news week ever last week in crypto. Literally ever. SEC went after Binance and Coinbase two days in a row. How could it ever get worse than that? Maybe the China ban was worse, but Hong Kong's back, right? Because we're bringing them back by being assholes in the United States. But we had the worst week ever. And then all of a sudden on Friday, rumor has it BlackRock is going to apply for ETF. You know, BlackRock, which is literally like Death Star, Empire, uh, Lord Sidious, Dooku, slash Vader people. But yeah, we love them now because they're on our team. But BlackRock rolls in and now it's just an orgy of ETF rumors and an orgy of people jumping in. And now it's like the most bullish market ever. And we said it here. I remember that Drusified said it. We said it here. But last week was peak bear market, panic, depression. It could not get any worse. And when sentiment can't get any worse, the only way to go, it's up. Yeah, guys, Wisdom Tree files to start a U.S. spot Bitcoin ETF on the heels of BlackRock's application. Wisdom Tree Bitcoin Trust will list on the SIBO BZX exchange. The SEC has resisted allowing spot ETFs citing risks. Sauces. That's like their sources. Sauces. There's risks. What risks? I don't know, guys. We're citing them. Went on ChatGPT, came up with an excuse for why there's no spot ETF. First of all, we're going to get one. I'm not saying we'll necessarily get one under Gensler. That we're going to get one immediately. But yeah, guys. We're going to get an ETF eventually. And right now there's panic buying in the market where people are buying spot Bitcoin massively to front run this news. We also saw GBTC was up like 17, 18% yesterday. If you listen to us literally talking about blinking our eyes to trade it yesterday morning with Mike Alford and Cheds, you would have made like 17, 18% yesterday. GBTC going up more than Bitcoin, obviously, because, well, I guess we just looked at the chart. Shit. Going up more than Bitcoin because the discount is closing because people are saying, hey, man, maybe the SEC has overstepped their bounds. Maybe Fidelity will buy Grayscale. That's completely rumor, by the way. Or maybe an ETF here will get approved. But Wisdom Tree coming in, filing on CBOE. Then Invesco reapplies for Bitcoin ETF, advocates for more crypto, crypto investment products. These guys have filed a number of times and are now reapplying strictly because BlackRock is here. BlackRock is here. Now, I believe, I'm not 100% sure, but that they have filed with the New York Stock Exchange. Not just them, though. Quick inventory of spot Bitcoin ETF filing since last Thursday. What do we got? We got iShares. We got, who else? Bitwise. We got Wisdom Tree, Invesco. What changed recently? SEC has been on the warpath against crypto. Something's up. I mean, what changed is either Gensler got way out over his skis or they're literally like plowing the rainforest deforestation in advance of Wall Street strolling and paper industry make some paper out of those trees. Right? You know? As Fibbo Swanee over here says, GBTC is going up because there's no ETF to buy. When we do, GBTC is dead. I don't know if it's dead or the uh, discount just closes up and it slowly uh, bleeds out and it's fine, but you still could make money on that trade. What do you guys think? Do you think this is a grand conspiracy of the United States government and the SEC working together, little room, dark corner meetings, 
so they can clear a path for BlackRock. BlackRock is the government. Or, or is it just crazy timing? I don't know. I don't know, guys. I really don't know. Because it's not like there's still a lot of bad news in the market, right? I mean, Binance is exiting the Netherlands, seeming exit, seemingly having to exit everywhere. Dutch Central Bank won't even tell you why, which I find hilarious, right? And there's still a hell of a lot of conjecture about what's next for the SEC. This is coming from Berenberg, who said stablecoins DeFi likely to be SEC's next target in U.S. crypto crackdown. Not great. Not really awesome, right? And I've conjectured from things that I'm hearing in the streets, ear to the streets, to the ground, ear, streets, hearing things. I've heard they're coming after all the venture capitalists and hedge funds, right? The Gary Gensler is going to just go for all that low-hanging fruit, people who will settle, who are just going to pay the fine, who maybe invest in these assets. If you guys heard Meta Lawman James Murphy on my show last week, he talked about really the impact of this secondary sales. And if the secondary sales are deemed securities, that means that every fund who ever like bought and sold a coin was violating the law, right? So they could easily come after that if we don't get any clarity because they love living in the murky waters. Gary Gensler is like the swamp thing, just in the murky waters, all disgusting and gross. And he's like, yeah, nobody can see me in the swamp. I do whatever the fuck I want down up in here down up and here it went down and up Fibboswani says punch that like button like you would Gary Gensler one of the funniest things I keep tweeting fire Gary Gensler and some dude replied out of a catapult and like showed a picture of a dude that was awesome yeah I mean if stable coins and DeFi are next and hedge funds and VCs are next well why is Coinbase I mean why is uh, Bitcoin Freudian slip. Why is it going up here? I can't tell you. I don't know why it's going up. Do you know why it's going up? Because somebody knows something that we don't know. Just like that guy said in that tweet. I'm not trying to pander in conspiracy theory, but I mean, this move, as I said, is being led heavily by spot. So listen, this is interesting because I'm going to show you what they said. They being Coindesk. Bitcoin's rally to 28K causes the largest short squeeze this month. There's been no short squeezes this month, right? Hmm. 75-year-old man has one boner this month. It's his largest boner of the month, right? But like we're talking about 36.6 million in liquidations. Do you guys remember real short squeezes when it's like $798 million liquidated in 17 minutes on FTX, right? We're literally writing articles now about how 36 million got liquidated and price went from like the 26s to 29. Um, that is not a short squeeze. And by the way, as this is happening, if you look at the data, I'll have to find it. It's in one of these tweets somewhere up here. That's not it. That's not it. That's not it. That's it. Yeah. Here we go. Price grinding up while the spot premium is increasing, which is causing a deeper negative funding rate. Shorts paying longs when price has been moving against them. If it was a short squeeze, the shorts would be gone. More people are shorting right now. The squeeze, if it is coming, ain't even started. Right? And on Hasaka's tweet here, 
Noticeable uptick in volume on Bitcoin on Coinbase in today's U.S. market hours. Boom. BlackRock, Karate Trader, twap. Right? This is heavy spot buying led in the United States. There's also data that this is happening during hours of the United States. And this, this right here from CryptoQuant, this is not a short squeeze, but someone is just buying Bitcoin a lot. I repeat, this is not a short squeeze, but someone is just buying Bitcoin a lot. This is the short squeeze ratio. This tells you when a short squeeze is happening. Uh, uh, uh. So guys, it's a fun narrative. Price is up. Squeeze in the shorts. We must have squeezed them. That was the sound of short squeezing. But that's not what's happening here. This is real, serious people buying spot Bitcoin. Listen, guys, the GBTC premium, I showed you that, right? That was massively up. Uh, let's take a look just really quick. I haven't even looked, but I just know it. Riot, Mira, uh, MicroStrategy, MSTR, right? Here, here's all the Bitcoin-adjacent charts that we can look at. GBTC wildly outperformed Bitcoin, like by triple. Riot, I mean... And this is a weekly or daily. So yesterday went from 10 to 11.31. By my count, that's about a 13% rise. Bitcoin was up what? 5, 6%? Marathon, another miner. Massively up the last few days. If you're just looking, oh, that's a four-hour chart. So massively up. Let's look at the daily. It was already up. But daily yesterday from 9.75 to 11.71, over 20%. MicroStrategy. On the daily, bottomed at 290, topped it, and up, up massively again today, massively, right? Much bigger moves on Bitcoin-adjacent stocks and products than even on Bitcoin, which made its own massive move. Now, you have to ask yourself, why? Why? What do you think? We're having a conversation here. Why do you think? Because without an ETF, institutions and big money still have to find other ways to gain Bitcoin exposure other than the ETF because they can't buy spot Bitcoin. We had Mike Alford on here yesterday, massive Bitcoin bull, saying his prime brokerage for his fund, he can only buy so much spot Bitcoin, so he's buying GBTC. That's what's happening here. Spot Bitcoin massively up on Coinbase during US hours, not a short squeeze. That's A. And then... Well, if I can't buy Bitcoin and I don't want to buy GPTC, I better buy MicroStrategy, Riot, Marathon, the miners. That's what's happening here. People are just scrambling right now in the United States to gain exposure to Bitcoin asset class. This is not some stupid fucking bear market bounce. This is some real deal bullish price action and buying right now. Pirate X Pirate says, should have front run the fuck out of BlackRock. Yeah, this was your chance. We get to come out here, front run the news. What other market do you get to do that? What other market? Now, look, we're going to dig into the charts in a minute, so I don't want to spoil that. We're going to do that with uh, Chris Inks in a bit. But yeah, guys, I mean... Uh, this is not this is not your uh, your your grandma's little rally here. This is something that's happening for a fundamental reason, and all of the data backs it up. This is not the old traders trading, right? 
not just traders doing trading things. This is real institutions, real people buying Bitcoin to get ahead of an ETF approval. But I'm curious, do you guys think that an ETF is going to get approved here? Do you think so? Do you think we see an approval? I mean, this is the other, like, this is the other narrative happening right here, right? Just learn the BlackRock ETF decision precedes Bitcoin having by two months, April 2024. Strong tailwinds ahead for Bitcoin. Don't think I've ever been more bullish. I don't even know who this person is, but he can talk dirty to me. On top of Ordinals and Taproot, I'm shifting my narrative to Bitcoin over ETH. Numerous catalysts favoring Bitcoin right now. Having cycle, ETF. But guys, I still don't think we see the real, I'll just be very clear. I do not think we see the real bull run until sometime after the halving. As exciting as all of this is, I think this is like enough to push us, you know, into the 30s. And then we figure it out. Then we figure it out. But this is what I was talking about before when I got distracted by myself because I'm a person who has ADHD and my own comments can distract me from my previous comments. Most of you who have been here a long time know that my content and strategy has massively changed. The reason I have a large Twitter following, the reason I have 40,000 people on the newsletter originally was because I traded all day and I shared those trades and was generally pretty successful, right? I spent my time trading. I spent my time writing about trading. I spent my time writing lessons about the psychology and trading. That's what I did. Well, now I'm really fucking busy and I don't trade much. So my strategy now is look for massive moves where I think they're going to happen and plow all in when I have that opportunity. That's what I do. I wrote a thread about this. Now I'm going to go find it. I'm going to go find it because I'm winging it till Chris shows up right now. Right? We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Hold. Holding. Okay. Here's what I said on Twitter. I'm going to share this because I think it's somewhat relevant. It'll articulate what I'm trying to say right now better. My best calls have always been major levels that are obvious but terrifying to retail when they hit. I don't day trade anymore. I just patiently wait to plow in heavily for major swing trades. If you guys have been around, there's been a few that I've had that are pretty epic. My ETH orders are at $82. This is December 6, 2018. ETH was way up in the hundreds, coming down from $1,400. I was saying $82 all the way down from $1,400. People thought I was a fucking insane person, right? It bottomed at $80 bucks for the entire bear market after going to $1,400. I'm not saying I was some kind of genius. I'm just saying that if it gets there, I had a whole bunch of bids and that's it. And I'm waiting forever, right? So that's what I've been saying. Three months, people have been bothering me. Hey man, post more trades, post more charts, post more altcoins. No, I just have Bitcoin bids at 25,200 and that's it. That's all I need. That's all I need, right? Listen, this one, uh, like I said, this is not bragging. I'm trying to illustrate that you will make all of your money investing, trading by just being super patient and plowing in at that perfect moment where everybody's afraid. Because what happens in all these moments is everybody's bid it, but they, they, they move their orders, right? They get terrified and they panic. You guys might remember when uh, Elon Musk smoked weed, Tesla was going to zero. I wrote a lot of threads about this, but you guys can remember. But this is what I had done at the time. Literally 180 bucks. I had, Tesla was up here. And I said, I'm bidding 180 again. I had sold a 380, had been in from 30 bucks, bought at 180 again, continued up. Why? Because 
People were literally saying Tesla was going to zero. The guy had smoked weed, nothing left, it's over. Those are the best times to buy. Do you remember Bitcoin on March 12th, 2020? I've told this story a million times. Bitcoin was like 6,100. And I was like, I'm gonna bid 4,000. It's never gonna hit, ever. No chance. I woke up in the morning, price was still $6,000. I was like, man, this is depressing. All the way down to 6,000, it's over, COVID, we're all dead. Went to my computer, realized that price had gone down to like 3,800 and my bids had filled and I was at 6,000, right? Sold most of it, right? But those, the trades that you plan way in advance and when you don't deter yourself, don't talk yourself out of it, those are the best trades that you will ever make in your life. I see that Chris is here. I'm sick of talking. What's up, man? <laughs> what's going on man it's been a great day yesterday into today hasn't it yeah absolutely amazing and I, I, well like i was just saying i only I, I didn't identify many trades of late i just said eh, since march i'm gonna buy bitcoin if it goes to twenty five thousand. yeah yeah i mean you know it's it's just been you know again you've got everybody's very very emotional uh you know i've been talking about this since uh since june the start of the accumulation phase uh, really pushed it there in November when we hit that November low and people arguing this entire time. And then again, kicking in when we just had this, you know, multi-month pullback that we had here into this wedge and people just freaking out saying, Oh my God, it's got to go down. It's got to go down. And you know, and you, you can't convince somebody, right? I mean, I think it's the biggest thing anybody here needs to understand is you can't convince anybody. Um, you have to be open to listening and potentially learning Nobody's going to be able to make you change your mind, though. That's just kind of the way things are. But here we are now, right? And now we're on our way toward, you know, I'll say it, you know, 40, 50,000. I think so, too. And so I was just laying out the entire case, which is pretty data-driven, that this is very spot-driven. Like There's this ridiculous Coindesk article I showed that says shorts liquidating, short squeeze. There was literally only 30 million in liquidations, which is yeah, like one of what we see in a major short squeeze in this market. For sure, right. for sure, yeah. This is literally, this is people buying on Coinbase. We saw it, massive uptick. Yep. People are buying MicroStrategy, Riot, Marathon, GBTC, anything they can to get exposure if they can't buy spot Bitcoin. But this is people buying spot Bitcoin because they think an ETF will be approved or they think that the tide has turned here after last week being the deadest low of sentiment we could have ever had. Oh, yeah, man. People were people were falling over themselves to to be more dramatic, I guess, than, than the last person, you know, and... uh you know, and, and I always say when, you know, when, and, and it takes time, if you're new to trading, it takes time to really understand what it means. But that kind of that level of, of just negativity there, as you had already been pulling back for a while, pulling back into support. I mean, at that point, you're just, there's no reason you should be thinking about shorting if you're seeing that. Yeah. I, I want to jump into the charts right now, since that's why you're here. And we'll let's, uh, obviously I see you got Bitcoin there. Yeah, like everybody should right now. But talk about what you're looking at. I'll talk about what I'm looking at because, man, it's pretty compelling. We are massively yeah. overbought on the four hour, by the way. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see some uh, pullback if anyone's looking for a dip. Yeah. But, you know, like, like I told, you know, uh, like I always say to people, man, you know, when, when Bitcoin gets like this, it happens. Oh, you know, man, matter. it happens in that bull markets yeah. and you just you can't jump in front of a, of a freight train. Right. So you really if you're going to short, you really have to look for some real indication on the a little bit lower time frames that it's really going to do it. But right now, I mean, again, we've got this full over um, accumulation structure here from back in last June. 
uh, you know, and then again, hit this last uh, point of support here back in March, rallied up. Uh, and so then this is our jump across the creek, which is basically you break out above your um, your uh, supply. And then a lot of times you'll get what we call a backup to the edge of the creek. And that's just a return to test that supply as uh, as support, that resistance as support. And that's all we've done here. And I've been talking about this for months. I said, this is all we're doing. Volume dropping off, a lot of overlapping price action. We're wedge shape here. And then boom, you know, just shoot on out there. So right now I've got this Elliott wave count as a one, two, one, two. So this interior one, two has a wave three minimum expected target right there at 43,242. Um, interestingly, interestingly, let me check this, let me show this. You talked about GBTC. I was talking about this yesterday as well. So I've got this point of figure chart here. And if we uh, look at that accumulation structure, really apply, look at that thing. Yeah. And, and we apply, we apply, um, uh, point and figure charting to it, you know, the, uh, to get our targets on this, the way we do it with Wyckoff. I mean, this gets us a target, you know, right now with this current size here, gets us around a $51 target on GBTC. And again, that's equivalent to, you know, that 50,000 area, uh, for Bitcoin. So, I mean, you know, again, people are going to sit here and they're going to argue and they're going to tell you why it can't happen, but you know, things are where they are. I mean, I <laughs> I mean, I agree. Listen, taking a quick look at the weekly, obviously the weekly hasn't closed, but like, yeah, we lost that 200 MA. To me, that was sort of the max fear moment, Yeah. right? And I said that last week and I talked to Cheds about it, but here's that 25,212. I've talked about it since this candle. So that's the retest I want to buy. I might not get it. If I miss it, fine. I have a large spot position, but that's all I want. That's my, that's my trade, right? Yeah. And finally it came back there. It took a few months. But now look at this weekly candle right now. Beautiful. It's not closed yet, but up through the 200 MA, through this 28,600. And I, I mean, I basically just to simplify it, I said, listen, there's like two ranges and we've been between them. Yep. You know, there's this massive range up from the 65-ish high down to here. And we're now back in that one. Let's see if he can hold. And then there's the below. And I didn't really, wasn't interested unless we were back in either of those ranges. But this just now looks like we're in low, high, higher, high, higher, low, higher, high potentially higher low and this is just booming and if we get this bullish hammer followed by a candle that looks like this i'd be very surprised if we go bearish i mean look at this daily yeah yeah that, absolutely beautiful. that candle yesterday first of all broke the 50 ma the 100 ma and descending resistance and closed almost at the top of the entire period and volume now is as high for today with 10 hours left as it was yesterday yep for anyone who's doubting this is uh, on bitstamp for anyone who's doubting the validity of this move, volume is increasing right now. Yeah, yeah. Like like you said, man, you know, it's the same thing I pointed out yesterday as well when I saw it was that, uh, you know, was that this is, uh, um, what do you call it there, uh, spot buying. You know, it, it's, not, it's not a short squeeze. It's people stepping in and buying. And the only people that step in and buy with this kind of determination, this kind of uh, ability to do so are usually the very large professionals. So you're talking like, you know, uh, hedge fund types, um, you know, uh, trading desks, institutions, stuff like that. This this doesn't this isn't retail buying here. That's no. the big thing to know. This is not retail buying. This isn't a bunch of hundred dollar orders. Yeah, yeah. And Bitstamp for anyone who doesn't know, and uh, sadly, uh, well, you I think have always you always charted Bitstamp from the very beginning because when we started in 2016, 17, there was no really exchange with that level of history. Yeah, yeah, that was what I used to do all the time. Yeah, right. Because when you wanted to look, you got me on it. When we started looking at weekly and monthly charts, if you looked at like Coinbase, you'd get like four months. Yeah, 
Right. So if you wanted to look at any history and trading view, it was really Bitstamp. But sadly, SBF is the one who came on my podcast and said, listen, if you're looking to buy the good Bitcoin, the, the, the real good stuff, not the corner crack, but the good stuff, he's like, we go on Bitstamp. He's like, this is where the big boys are buying and selling and doing their OTC deals as well. But the, you look to Bitstamp if you want to see what the institutions are doing outside the United States, maybe Coinbase, which we saw the uptick there. But I mean, to see increasing volume with 10 hours left after a candle like that yesterday, I just don't see this as a top. Oh, yeah, no. I, I, I mean, it's, it's doing everything you want to see. You want to see when, when you're looking through people often get confused. You know, they're like, oh, they just draw these random lines and they're like, oh, look, it was just a false breakout or whatever. But what you're looking for is um, you're looking for a large candle spread. You're looking for a spike of volume um, as you're getting to that breakout. And, and if you're getting that then you can be pretty pretty sure that it's a legitimate breakout and prices actually reverse from whichever way it was going and it's heading the other direction. And you know, we're seeing that. We're seeing that through the uh, you know, through the wedge there. Uh you can draw uh, you know, this this larger term uh, kind of uh channel right here where you get it. Uh that's the big one there. You've got it through the daily pivot. I mean, you know, these are major areas of resistance that you're getting exactly what you would be looking for. If you want to legitimize, you know, a breakout. Yeah. Okay. So here's the next question. Are you even daring with alts right now? Um, actually, you know, I, I think, up in USD, up in USD. Well, uh, so, uh, you know, I'm looking at it and, um, I think there's some possibilities there. Uh, if we jump here to the, um, uh, to the Bitcoin dominance here, uh, you can see we broke, we, we've, you know, we've ran through all the pivots here. Once we've, broke out again, you know, large candle spread, large spike of volume, breaking through that resistance, right? And we've done this. And I think we've still got a little bit further to go here. It looks like we got one, two, this is three. So it looks like we're going to keep on pushing up a bit here. Dominance now at uh, 51.13 there now. So I, you know, if this counting's correct, we should be nearing an end, but we are not there yet. Again, this looks like uh, I and by the way, against Bitcoin dominance. So we got to discuss this. It's something that I've used forever, but I've always said charting it is a bit of a iffy proposition because obviously support and resistance are created by trading and humans and levels and those levels don't exist uh, as that result on, a, on an asset that's not traded. But also, stable coins are now $120 billion of this market. And in past cycles, when we were looking at Bitcoin dominance, there were no stable coins. You were trading only into Bitcoin pairs for altcoins. So anytime in past cycles, somebody wanted to exit the market, they had to go from an altcoin through Bitcoin, which meant a Bitcoin buy, and then out, or they would sit in Bitcoin. That yeah. dynamic has changed. So for me, like I, I'm just... First of all, if that was a shitcoin chart, I'd be ready to getting ready to short it. So maybe that's a good thing for altcoins because it would be massively overbought. I just I, I'm struggling to find the value. Oh, and the final point against Bitcoin dominance. And listen, I still look at it. I literally have it up. I just kind of in my mind, I'm like, this is nonsense. Yeah. But uh, now I literally lost it. Uh, I'll, I'll get there in a minute. No, is that it's reactionary. This isn't yeah. telling you what altcoins is going to do. This is what telling you what altcoins just did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Bitcoin dominance isn't telling you that altcoins are about to crash. Bitcoin dominance is telling you your alts are already fucked. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah, yeah. You, know, you know, a lot of people are watching it, so you know, we kind of keep it going with it. Um, you know, uh, as we do it, I mean, we can kind of sit here and just kind of pull this back here, and there's kind of the the count is what we're looking at here. 
big thing here is that we've got this range. You know, again, we've got this range, and here we go trying to, you know, yeah, we're out, breaking out into this resistance over there. And there's a major vacuum gap over there. I mean, I've had the same chart for Bitcoin dominance forever, right? Yeah. It, yeah. it kind of broke here. It didn't go down when you would have thought, but I mean, this is a massive gap. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, maybe dominance is going up to 57% or something. Maybe that gives us information right here. Right, uh, right. I mean, it doesn't take, I, I just don't feel like I need to look at the Bitcoin dominance chart to know that right now you want to be looking at Bitcoin and not necessarily focusing on all points. But then again, that might be the point of maximum opportunity if you're actually investing. I, we have Charlie in the background too, Chris. So I want the, all three of us to, to talk. What's up, Charlie? How are you, man? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Learning you to surf at the months? moment in the summer months. Do you guys know each other? Going to. No, no, no. Dude, Charlie's Hi, awesome. Yeah, so Charlie, Chris is my mentor, actually. He's the one who taught me all this crap way back in the day. <laughs> but Charlie, do you, do you have an opinion on Bitcoin dominance? No. <laughs> uh, no, not overly. No, no, not at all. So um, a, a slight opinion on Bitcoin, but not on, on that. Uh, give me your opinion on Bitcoin, and then we'll we'll keep going down this rabbit hole. Well, I've only just I've only just come in, so I, you probably already covered this. I'm just we want to know think, your opinion. That's fine. Yeah, it's a nice little breakout of that trend line. Uh, potential to run up to thirty four thousand. I'm looking at um, you know some nice you know nice story supporting the the um, the move that we've had over the last couple of days. I still think. From a macro perspective, the SEC, until they actually approve these ETFs, you know, how how much further is it going to have to run? Whilst the SEC have got a, a growing pile of ETF applications on their on their desk, but for now, I could see the potential for a run up to thirty four. Yeah, I'll take thirty four all day. Yeah, are you able to share your screen at the moment, or 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 not? If you can, sure. Right down there, present. Yeah, I would love to see what you're looking at. Is this the trend line that you're talking about that I have drawn here? Are you not yes. talking about a diagonal? Yeah, yeah. Seems to be the obvious one. As we were pointing yes. out, volume actually higher today than yesterday almost already, which is somewhat uh, insane if you look at it. I'm going to bring your screen up, though, so we know what you're talking about. We all have the same lines. Look at us. Yeah. We all got the same lines. That's the 50MA, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, if I come out to maybe the weekly chart here, it was a lovely pullback and support. Classic technical you know, break and pullback. But really, it's that 34,000 area uh, linking back to those early uh, those lows of early 2022 simple stuff but uh, that's what i'll be looking out um, for there um, as far as uh, bitcoin i don't know how far it's going to have to run um, at the moment with the the regulatory side of things that's going on so i'm not sure you know how far it will run before it runs out of steam again so i'm looking at it from that perspective maybe next year in 24 I mean, I, I tend to agree that uh, even if you just zoom out and look at the four-year cycles, like this is sort of the pre-having run that we get, and then we'll probably get some news and a pullback eventually, and then the big, the real party starts in fourteen, fifteen months. I, I mean, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, um, yeah, we need that what that wall of worry a little bit for people to carry on throwing in the t just when they think, oh, that's it, this is the time, and and it sets them back a little bit again. And, but really, it's, yeah, from a macro perspective, when those big institutions really get involved there um, via those ETFs, then that could be a, a bigger game changer. But like you said, that could take a while. Yeah, I'm not expecting anything to happen anytime soon. Not with the SEC on a on the ramp page at the moment. Uh, Chris, yeah, I mean, Chris thinks we can go higher. We were talking about before you kind of missed it. But I think 34 on this move is a very reasonable target. I mean, Chris, oh, yeah, would you agree? Yeah. So kind of a 34 and then a pullback, then we see... 
I like that 34 level though that you drew there. What else are you looking at right now, Charlie? I mean, I know that you're not primarily trading trading uh, in the crypto and Bitcoin market, so I'd love to get your opinion on macro because more. yeah. Please. Um so we got we got the pain trade, um the stock markets, S&P, so I'll quickly go over to the likes the S&P, Nasdaq, Nasdaq's what up 30 whatever 8% this year. S&P's hit 15%. Just got some basic trend lines on here. I'll turn those off for the time being. Um, I do think that with the S&P breaching the August 22, August of last year highs, it may want to uh, pull back here. I've just got this on a weekly chart for now. but and, and likewise with the NASDAQ breaching the March of last year highs. Again, they look, they look like they've had a great run and certainly could be in pullback mode. But I, when I was last on your show, we were discussing that first month of the year following uh, a negative year last year. So January was up greater than five percent and whenever we've had a january up greater than five percent on the back of a bear market the previous year we've always had positive returns and the average return has been over 20 percent and then of course bank of america came out last week saying ah we've just now officially back in a bull market here for the s p having risen 20 percent off its lows and statistically something like 90 was it 92 percent of the time they said um 12 months later the s p is continues to progress Yep. upwards of another 20 percent so i'm fairly bullish but don't get me wrong i we could be putting a pull back in any time and so but for the longer term i'm still staying on that bullish bullish side of things because there's too many bears out there as far as i'm concerned i know the association of american investors um didn't look that bearish there uh, that survey last week but um when i'm putting the feelers out there it still feels in the trading community like there's a lot of bears out there and when you look at the underweight positioning with institutions as well, um, we've still got that wall of worry there. Hey, Chris, what do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, again, I've been talking about, uh, you know, for all the markets really since uh, June and then uh, October, November of last year, uh, you know, we've been talking about it. And pretty much all the markets, it was this mid-August swing high. Um, it was the same one here on the, uh, this is the E-minis there for the S&P, but the same things that twenty five thousand level on Bitcoin, um, you know, it just the, the Dow. The Dow was the first one to hit. It. I think it did it back in like January or February. Um, but yeah, the, this has been the one thing I've been looking at because this gives us basically a three wave correction here. And so when you break out above that second wave, that says okay, this third wave is complete. So if we've got three waves down, then ultimately we should be looking to break out higher. Now, how do we do that? There's you know, there's multiple ways we can do this. We can get an ABC down here and then an ABC back up toward the all-time high and then five more waves back down to the low. That gives us an LA wave, what we call a flat correction. And man, that would just really tear some people up. Everybody looking to go long around the all-time high gets chucked there. Come on down. You're looking to, you know, to, to go low, go uh, short here as it, you know, just kind of pierces this swing low and then, you know, pop up back the other way. So we could do that. Um, we could potentially see a triangle form here. So it's just a series of three waves down, three waves up, three waves down, three waves up, you know, consolidating. That could take us through the end of the year into next year. Um, but ultimately, you know, if, if if we've got three waves down here, we're done, then we should be looking, you know, around that 56, 23 kind of level based on the height of that um, of that correction. That's kind of how we do that with, the, you know, with the fourth wave. So. Yeah, I love what Charlie said. There are too many bears, but then all of us come in here talking bullish <laughs> about new highs. <laughs> <laughs> 
in the short term, yeah, in the yeah. short term, I, I would I would like to see a pullback. Uh, whether this last few days is the beginning of a of a pullback, we'll have to see. But even I and I'm you know I'm long the S and P, but <laughs> so I'm I'm willing it higher. But um, uh, but even I sort of think yeah, it could probably do the Nasdaq probably uh, coming at some point. But overall, I think the main point that I'm wanting to see is. I still see, from a technical perspective, like you just said there, Chris, using your Elliott Wave um, analysis there, um, it still looks like this isn't just about to completely roll over. So I'm not, I'm not buying that. Yeah, I, I, I'm just, uh, I happen to just see. Uh, I'm trying to find the news, but Powell, obviously, I think Congress yesterday and Senate floor today, or Congress today, Senate floor tomorrow. But he said that there's a consensus that they're not done tightening. He said every single Fed, president, governor, everybody thinks this is a pause. They will continue to tighten. So does that affect your narrative or the idea that this could go up? I mean, looking at the chart, it doesn't seem like it, it should affect it. But we're not seeing rate cuts priced in at the end of the year as much anymore as we were even a week ago. Correct. And um, well, the market is already pricing in... Uh, two further hikes now so that's yeah that's the market's priced that in and we've hardly collapsed have we since uh last F, uh, fomc last week so um i think the market's absorbing that and um yeah we're going to have a pullback and then the narrative the news will accompany that that pullback but at the moment um you know the the market still seem to be um performing pretty well ultimately it's going to bite you know those higher interest rates are going to bite at some point but um but for now i'm i'm gonna um i'm gonna stay remain a bull uh anything else you're looking at outside of yeah as and and bitcoin what else you got yeah the, the next the last one is the dollar so there um, you go you knew i was going to go there oh <laughs> um what's interesting with the dollar is i mean i i use the the euro dollar as my proxy obviously euro is 60 percent of the dollar index anyway so if I bring up the dollar index just very quickly, um, look at the euro there, bring up the dollar. It's an upside down. It's an inverted dollar index. So coming back to the euro, the euro has only done 600 pips range so far this year. Its average range is 1,700 pips. We're massively under on the ranges at the moment. I'm not saying that we're going to go to 1,700 pips range, but even if we got to a 1,000 pip range, if the euro breaks to the upside, that puts it at 15, one uh, 1.5. One five. If it breaks to the downside of the range so far this year, it puts it at one point oh one. Gives some nice levels for people to look at. If we break out of that on that euro dollar, I am going to be looking well north of well one fourteen towards one fifteen, and I'm trying to be quite conservative there. That would only put it at a one thousand pip range. So I think the dollar, and by by proxy the euro dollar, is certainly something worth looking at. If the euro breaks to the upside there, we've got the euro, the dollar will come down to, I'll bring up the chart, um, we'll be looking at the dollar coming down to the 100 level, my line down here. Um, but really, we're looking, you know, realistically, more like 97, 98 on the dollar if if that happens to, if we see the euro break to the upside. And so you have to be, yeah, you have to be somewhat bearish the dollar to be as bullish on stocks as we're discussing as well. So, I mean, it aligns. Yeah. Uh, Christy, I saw you moving some charts around over here. What do you got? Yeah, you know, um, yeah, I mean, I've got, I'm, I'm looking for this just to be a corrective uh, pullback here. Uh, you know, dropping on back down here to around, um, you know, probably probably there around 100, 
uh, 0.7, 100.8 or whatever, get the rally back up. And then we get that breakthrough, you know, breakdown through this, uh, the support here. And then I've got minimal expected on this wave three coming down right there around 95.8. You know, again, ultimately, you know, this is the, the futures chart here of the ice exchange, but if we're looking at the DXY, you know, it's what I've been talking about. We continue to have that rejection once, twice, three times now here at the weekly pivot. Um, and then we've got this support here, you know, we're coming down. I'm looking for a breakdown through that and, you know, at least down through the, uh, the S1 pivot probably right there around that 93, 94 range, um, before heading even lower. Um, I don't see anything going on right now that suggests that we should be worried about, you know, uh, about the dollar kind of regaining a whole bunch of strength or anything. I think, uh, Charlie's got it right there. Uh, you know, that Euro I think is going to continue to strengthen dollar is going to continue to drop off there. Um, the rest of the, you know, the dollar pair charts, you're looking at cable, you're looking at, uh, um, the loony, you're looking at the Aussie, you know, uh, the yen, all that stuff. I mean, they look pretty good overall. Uh, the yen's the only one having a little bit of there, but you know, they're, they're you know, you, you've got the, the Euro does like 50, 57, 58% of the weighted value of the DXY. And then you've got the, you know, the yen there at about, you know, 12, 13%. So. Uh, you know, it's a big, you know, even, even if, even if the yen's having a bit more difficulty, the euro is still, um, you know, the, the main driver, basically the DXY. So yeah, um, as, as long as that, as long as this kind of resistance continues to hold up here, uh, I'm, I'm not even concerned one bit about any it's kind like of like heavy shoulders too. I mean, it's got the, uh, the hunchback of Notre Dame weird left shoulder, but it does look <laughs> like it's putting in a second shoulder there on the right and could potentially be dropping. So here's the key, the, the key killer question. First for, I guess we'll call it S&P, is the bottom in. Oh, we got Charlie muted. Sorry, sorry, we had you muted there. Yes, you said yes, though. I saw your lip. Yeah, yeah. Read my lip. Yeah, I'm sticking with what we've been saying since earlier this year. Definitely, we need some pullbacks for a healthy market. Markets need to breathe in and out, uh, but I'm, I'm maintaining that. So some of you might want to fade my view there. Now I've gone publicly saying this. But um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna maintain that for the S and P. Yeah, Chris, bottom end. I think it's in. Yeah, yeah. You know, again, same thing I've been saying um, since last year. Uh, you know, again, using Wyckoff, uh, it looks it looks pretty clear. Like the, like there's a bottom in there across the markets. So um, yeah, and then the dollar, of course, looking topped out there. So then the next question: Bitcoin bottom in. Charlie, I say yes. By the way, I've been saying Bitcoin bottom was in since the day it happened. By the way, the day after FTX, I said that's it. We're done. So we're bottoms in. But uh, I think bottoms in on on um, uh, the bottom from where? I mean, the the macro bottom of this cycle was the drop below sixteen thousand when the FTX news happened. Is that the lowest we're going to basically yes, ever see I Bitcoin so. again? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the bottom like forever moving forward, never yeah, then below it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris. Yeah, yeah, you know, again, same thing uh, I've been talking about. Uh, I believe it's in. I believe we've been having accumulation since last June. What we did here was just, you know, again, back up the edge of the creek, looking for a rally up higher here. Obviously, obviously, and, and I know Charlie and you, and you agree with this, you know, anything can happen, guys. None of us has a crystal ball. None of us can tell you 100% that there's definitely not going to be a lower low against any of this, but um, the odds seem significantly against it at this point with the, uh, with the charts and the structure and, and everything else we're looking at. I think there's one thing to add here, like you quite rightly say, hinting at there, Chris, there's one thing having analysis 
And there's another thing, trading the analysis. You know, you still got to have your risk management in place. You've got to have your yeah. stops and all of that. So we can debate whether we think a market's going up and down. You can't just go and buy that. You've got to look at risk reward and you've got to look at all of those concepts. So, um, yeah, trading your analysis is a lot more difficult than just saying whether you think something's going up or down. Yeah, because you always get stopped out when you're right exactly. or you forget to put a stop when you're wrong. I mean, come on, we all know how this works. <laughs> You guys would be best friends. I'm telling you, Chris and Charlie, you guys need to hang out because you, you talk about risk management in the same way. And those are the same lessons that I've heard for both of you. Well, guys, that's it. I really appreciate both of you joining. I really love this format, man. It's, it's nice to have the banter to go over charts collectively. I, I think it's uh, really great. Everyone else, I'll be back, obviously, tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll have the roundtable. And uh, 10, 15, and 20 minutes will be on Twitter Spaces. As always, Crypto Town Hall. Charlie, Chris, thank you guys uh, so much. Really, really a pleasure. Thank you, guys. Nice to meet you, Chris. Bye.